You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4, The Starter Set. I'm one of your hosts, Mark, from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me today, I have my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, Dead Broke Nerd, and my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative, remembered it all this time, co-host Gibbles and Bits. Super pumped to have the two of you here. New month, new game, new part of starter set. But let's start off this way. Uh, Gibby, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. It's fantastic. It's a Friday. I'm I'm happy to be back in, in the studio recording, and I feel, I don't know, somewhat special and responsible for this episode because I was the one that pushed a little harder for us to to move into inscription here as our second game after after uh, moving past snap of our, of our starter set. So I'm especially hype for this series that we're going to be doing in February. Yeah, we're diving into it uh, today, and we'll be talking about it for the next couple of weeks. We'll get into the structure of what the month of February is going to look like for the show, uh, because this one's going to look a little different than what competitive card games look like. Um, but before we do that, DBN, hey, man, it's good to see you. Welcome back to the show. How you doing? Thanks, man. Uh, it's been a been a long week, but I did get to boot up Inscription um, at the last minute. Played about two hours of it uh, this morning before uh, uh, before the episode <laughs> recorded. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I was skeptical. Gibby was really excited about it. And I was like, nah, I don't know if this will be my thing, but, uh, I like it. I'm excited to talk about it, uh, and excited to just hang out with you fellas. So let's, uh, let's get into it, man. I'm inscription. Yeah. Cool. yeah, it is. It is a really cool game. Very unique. If you are listening into the episode and you do not know what inscription is, once again, we are going to get into that in a moment. I'm going to give you a full overview. It's a single player digital card game um but man it is very unique in the scope of card games that i think all three of us have played um and it, it i have played it uh, dbn you played it a couple hours gibby i think you bought it first but you've played it also a couple of hours found some time to scrape a couple hours i would not have any time to play it if it wasn't for streaming and so i have streamed it for basically four or five hours at this point just this week literally uh, an hour or two before recording this episode, I got done playing it for about two or two and a half hours and have really enjoyed it. But is there anything outside of that in the world of gaming and card gaming uh, that you guys have been playing? Gibby, we'll start with you. Is there anything else that you've been sort of dabbling in uh, this week that you've been enjoying? Well, we've been still heavy on the Pokemon Unite train. I, it's a game that is a, a mainstay for me week in and week out. We have our AOS Airwaves podcast and we are gearing up for uh, some heavy tournament play in, in Pokemon Unite. So our, our five stack that plays a couple times a week, we've added some new faces. Shout out to anybody who's, who's been joining us on our past Prime Apes team. And uh, we've, so we've got some, some new folks in there, but we've been practicing. But we've got some tournaments coming up in the coming months. So heavy in that game. So as promised, still playing Pokemon, or not Pokemon Snap, uh, Marvel Snap. Uh, and, and still got that on my phone. I've been in there almost every single day as well. So uh, a lot of the mainstays of, of my gaming experience are still still in the in the rotation, but adding inscription in here to hopefully get some more game time more consistently. 
Awesome. Well, I'll jump in real quick and then I'll pass it off to DBN and see what he's been up to. Um, I have been, I have been snapping still. And honestly, I don't know, maybe getting a little burnt out. So I've been kind of pumping the brakes on, on Marvel snap recently, just getting in there and completing my quest. Don't want to burn out on that game. I was playing it pretty heavy for a couple of months and now uh, I just can't play against Cosmo and destroyer much more uh, without losing my mind and pulling my face off. So, uh, but the one thing I did get to do over the course of this last weekend was we went away to a cabin with my family. And typically, I mean, there's six little kids in my family between my brother and me. Um, and it's really hard to usually get any gaming time in at the cabin, although that's kind of the goal. But this year, for whatever reason, we played board game after board game after board game. After, I probably played 15 board games over the weekend and some of them multiple times. And I discovered a new game called Arc Nova, which is a card game, kind of. Um, it's very similar to another board game, tabletop game called Terraforming Mars. But in this game, you are building a zoo and you have this little player board and you're putting all of these little hexagon zoo enclosure tiles. And there's this enormous stack of cards. Um, it's really, really cool. You know, I got to play, I think, three times with my brother over the course of the weekend. Uh, you know, it, you can design your zoo in all these different ways and get different animals in it. There's one game where I was like playing all predators. There was one game where I had this really robust petting zoo in my thing. And also an aviary, it was like an aviary and petting zoo combo. And <laughs> this is super fun and really cool. Um, it's kind of card game adjacent. It's tabletop game, not digital. But man, was it fun. And I could get into the weeds about that game and talk about it forever. It was, the coolest part about the game is they did their best to not just make it a zoo game, but to also make it semi-realistic. So it includes a ton about animal conservation. And you can't win the game just by penning up a bunch of animals and making people come and pay for tickets. If you do not also release animals into the wild and do your best to partner with zoos and do animal conservation, you literally can't win the game. You will lose. And that is a was a really cool dynamic that these two pairing realities going on at the same time where you're trying to do animal conservation and also provide a really enjoyable zoo experience for your guests. It was like Zoo Tycoon, the board game, if you couldn't delete fences and watch lions eat all of the people who came into the zoo partway through your game. Um, really, really fun. So that was me. It was more board gaming than than card gaming or digital gaming, uh, for sure. But DBN, how about you? Anything that you've been dabbling in and enjoying? Um, you know, I haven't gotten to play much uh, video games uh, over the last week or two. Um, Pokemon Unite probably has been the main thing I've been I've been playing just to, you know, bounce off of what Gibby said. Um, working on uh, play, I'm playing Destiny 2 uh, when I get, you know, a chance here and there trying to complete some uh, some triumphs there, uh, which will give you a cool title to put on your character. Uh, Mark, you and I need to run that dungeon and, and finish off the yes. dungeon that we were we were playing. Looking forward to doing that. Unfortunately, their servers went down this week when I did finally have some time to play. Um, and um, yeah, just I, I think mostly just gearing up for for the next big expansion, which is at the end of February. I'm also like, uh, this isn't you know gaming, but uh, rewatch the Dragon Prince. Uh, great Ooh. show on Netflix, really fun. Um, by the same people that did Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, but more like fantasy. Um, it, it's really good, and there's a new season, so I was I've been rewatching the first three seasons so that I can get remembering <laughs> what's going on and enjoy the uh, the new season. Oh yeah, I think I got through seasons one and two of Dragon Prince, and just 
forgot that it existed so i need to come back oh, and yeah. watch it it's really good season three yeah. especially really good well let's get into some conversation about what we're going to be doing in the month of february as you guys know season four of legends cast the starter set is covering a different game every month four weeks on each game this month we're going to be sitting down and talking about a card game called inscription i'm going to give a quick overview of how we can view the month this is going to be a spoiler free episode which is particularly important for this single player experience because this is not like your typical digital card game. It is a card game, but it's very unique. Um, we're going to go over some very basic sort of 10,000 foot view stuff and talk a little bit about that. Next episode, uh, which you can expect next week, is going to be mechanics and a bit of a strategy deep dive into what actually makes this game work and tick and what we enjoy and don't enjoy about it. Episode three, we're going to talk about the story and the theme and the lore. Now, this is unique to this game because, you know, we don't do that in every game that we are sort of into, you know, um, but this has a very distinct story that goes with it. And we'll get into that. And then a recap of it. And we'll be talking about the various acts of the game because there's a couple of different acts in the game. And theoretically, hopefully, maybe, you know, uh, have a little bit of a bonus for you guys that we can orchestrate it and arrange it um after that so yeah looking forward to that this is episode one though spoiler free introduction to the game we're going to talk first off about the premise of the story and what you get introduced to i'd love to hear you guys talk about this but dbn do you want to give us a brief overview of i think you're you know you play the game basically the freshest of what your experience with the story has been so far because that's a very big part of this game yeah so um what's what's interesting is that you're just sort of like tossed into it um, in fact, at least for me, I, I thought it was a really interesting thing that when you get to the main menu, it does not say, uh, new game. It says continue, um, which is a really like n interesting thing that I was kind of like intrigued by. And the, I thought it the, was a the, bug. No, no. I think it's a, I think it's meant to be like a, that's cool. Sort yeah. of a, will get you into the story and kind of throw you off right away. And the basic idea is that, um, Again, this is, I'm trying to keep everything spoiler-free, but you are trapped in a cabin with a mysterious uh, figure that is, um, you know, has uh, some sort of magical or eldritch power that is forcing you to play a, uh, a card game um, and uh, progress along a little map. So you play the card game and very similar to other roguelikes that maybe people have played that are a little more mainstream, like Slay the Spire, uh, or even like, um, well, sort of like uh, Darkest Dungeon in a way, but like that roguelike mentality of like you're moving along, you're making decisions about what path you want to take. Um, and then if you end up losing uh, the games, you go back to the start. So what's interesting here is that uh, the idea is, is that you're playing against these this this mysterious figure who seems to be just absolutely crazy uh for your life and you won't you won't win right away absolutely like, not you you will lose but you will pass on a little bit to the next traveler that finds themselves trapped in the woods hence the continue button yeah. um and along the way, you know, obviously you play the, the cards and you learn more, you access new mechanics, you access new types of cards and stuff like that as you, you know, slowly uh, learn more about it and uh, pass on 
more information for the next traveler who you are also playing uh, and eventually hopefully break the cycle of this awful uh <laughs> you know uh mysterious figure and uncover the secrets of like why this is going on and and what's happening um and uh you know what what's at play here and I'll just sort of like throw this out there that you guys can bounce off of you know uh this is a really interesting combination of like a obviously a card game which is the core mechanics of it the roguelike where you're progressing across this map and making decisions and enhancing uh some of the cards or you know uh building your deck as you go and an escape room uh, where you can step away from the board with this stranger and explore the cabin a little bit, almost like a point and click adventure. So mm-hmm. there is some mm-hmm. really neat uh, sort of fusions of um, you know, genre here that is really tightly tied together in this like almost you know, uh, Saw-esque, you know, game where you're playing for your life. It's like you have Stockholm Syndrome for your, like, Dungeon Master. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That, I guess. Maybe not, like, <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome, like, you are, like, fascinated with your your Dungeon Master, but, like, he he is almost acting like a Dungeon Master. This, this Yeah, that's true. Like, telling you the story yeah. as you're, like, going through and playing the card game. I didn't game, think but, about it that way, but that's a but, great point. But I will jump in because we all know that I am an absolute sucker for escape rooms. I mean, shoot, yeah. I work at one on the side and in, in where I live and that's where I met my wife. So I have part of escape rooms are a very big part of of my storyline uh, as a person, but I absolutely stopped and was like when I kind of put it together that that's what that element of the game was supposed to like represent and be like, I fell in love with, with that game even more. And I say that because I'm not even that far through the game. Mm -hmm. So I've just been really impressed about what I've seen so far, but it, it's a really nice break from the actual like card game piece of it. It's so flavorful. Yeah. Very, very dark, very like, um, you know, almost it, it, the aesthetic, though, like unlike it being like a, you know, sterilized, um, you know, uh, Saw-esque, you know, um, and I say that as a reference. I've never seen those movies. I just know about them. But <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm in the exact same scenario. But it's like, yeah, that makes sense. I've literally yeah, but like, oh, I've seen um, I've seen all I the know, Saw movies. I, Gibby's a horror movie guy and I am very much not. But <laughs> um, it's not like this. Um, it Like, it, it's not so much it's like a fairy tale vibe right where it's like it's very warm environment but creepy like um twisted fairy tale aesthetic and and you know we'll get into this a little bit more but like the cards are all themed off of like forest creatures and stuff like that uh, or most of them are mm-hmm. so it's very um you know from a theme perspective it's dark there's candlelight lots of shadows that you know the that the mysterious stranger is masked in and most of the time you can only see his eyes um, because he's just cloaked in shadow on the other side of the board playing against you. you for most of the what I've seen so far, you only see his eyes and his hands. Um, and so it's a really uh, and, and of course, as you play, it develops and, and expands over time. But yeah, yeah, I mean, just from an overview perspective, Mark, what what were your sort of immediate impressions? So, you know, when I first jumped in, and I still feel this way to a certain extent. I'm a little bit further along in the storyline um, than, than Gibby and DBN right now. But one of the things that I experienced right at the beginning was it was almost like a, 
it's kind of like a purgatory pseudo purgatory it's very strange because when you first meet this character he's almost telling you a story about how Mm -hmm. you got there right yeah he's like you traveled through the woods and you met this person and that person and then it's like then he's like don't make a mistake and if you make a mistake i am going to sacrifice you which is the continual theme of this which we'll get into card mechanics in a moment but the continual theme of this is this theme of sacrifice because it's not just happy forest creatures you are slaughtering these forest creatures Mm -hmm. and that is a very different thing and as you go further in the game the less foresty the creatures become which Mm -hmm. i think is very interesting as well and you also from the get-go like from your first start you get this card that's talking to you and you're like why is this card speaking to me and i'm not going to spoil anything but those cards that speak to you end up becoming very important to the storyline that's being told in the game and they almost become your partners like it's Mm -hmm. like you now have an alliance between you and some of these talking cards that begin giving you information which i think is very interesting and then it's like well you're playing out a story of somebody's life but then if you don't play it out well guess what he's coming to sacrifice you right like you're you're Mm -hmm. dead then Mm -hmm. and i think that is a really interesting story and then it's like the next passerby who wanders into the cabin is telling the story, but but also you're also getting a glimpse of the story of the, your past plays where you mm-hmm. died before and you're this, and I didn't pick up on that at first. I thought I didn't realize at first that that's what was happening. And so there's this real sort of, he even mentions purgatory in it. There's this real purgatory vibe to it. There's this real storytelling vibe to it. Amongst that is this truly intriguing and, progressively more intriguing like card game that's involved yeah and then outside of the card game is this escape room which to be honest when i started i was like i'm not even interested in this escape room i just want to play (laughs) the game and that has changed now where now i'm like oh oh i gotta go check this oh oh okay i understand i think i understand and something else clicks in the room but it's this like I'm doing this card game escape room for hours and hours and hours instead of just like, okay, you have an hour to get through the escape room, what's, which I have found to be really fun. What's really neat too is that like there are you, – you kind of have to do everything in order to do something else. So like even if the card game didn't hook you, if you want to advance the story, you got to play the card game. Mm-hmm. If the uh, escape room you know component uh, doesn't interest you, well, then you're missing out on some um, you know advancements you can have within the – actual like roguelike you know map progression Mm -hmm. and the and the types of cards you get you know if you don't pay attention to what the symbols on the uh roguelike board it board is uh you will potentially ruin your run because you didn't realize you were walking into a a tough encounter as opposed to going and getting a an upgrade or something like that and so you kind of have to pay attention to all of it in a way um in order to so if somebody's really interested in one component of it more so than the other it it like not forces you but encourages you to play and get attached to these other other game elements as well um so for the card game specifically though like let's let's high level you know so again we're trying to be relatively spoiler free here so i i want to stay away from like you know anything mm-hmm. outside of like the first couple cards and using them as an example, but anything that you might unlock, you know, from a, from a um, unique story perspective or anything like that, let's leave out. But like, let's talk about the card game mechanics and the way that the board is laid out, the way that you 
use the cards in your hand. Um, Gibby, do you want to get us started here and, and just sort of give us that high level, like what does it look like to play around with this card game? Sure. And real quick, I do want to highlight, I think a very succinct way just to not scare anybody off from uh, the, the Saw comparison, because I have watched the Saw movies, I'll put it this way. It is not the gore that saw is this is not really a gory game per se no. with some 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 light elements of like the the teeth aspect but um it's more macabre and it it's it's kind of a a spooky like mystery yeah it's like it's like a spooky mystery of macabre um, is a great word for it actually mm-hmm. that's it's a very it's a very good word for it it's because it's like all surrounding like the the death elements and all of that but it's not necessarily so in your face and like gory about it it's just like it's surrounding the elements of it so as you get into the card game you are you're opposing somebody across from you and it almost becomes a one-on-one showdown of sorts and you've got four kind of four board spaces on your side and four board spaces on on the the opponent's side your goal is to basically do there's a scale to your left and your goal is to do a certain number of points of damage to tip the scale all the way down on your opponent's side. And that's how you win around that. I believe it's either six points or seven points, five I points. I think it's five. Yeah. It's so five. five, you have to do five points of damage uh, more than your opponent does to you at any point in the game. Because if you, let's say you do three points of damage and then and, and it could just go back, back and to forth, you, back and it forth just goes back for a and while. Forth. Right. Yeah. Like it, 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 it will, it will kind of reset itself because it is a scale kind of like, like a normal scale would work as you're weighing things. But you, essentially have to budget your resources mm-hmm. being and there's different resource mechanics in the game on how you play your cards but you you can either kind of pull uh, a kind of a free card from your deck at the beginning of a of, of a a turn or you can pull one of the other cards that may cost something in order to play and you're trying to balance having these cards in your hand with what you're playing on your board and you're having to sacrifice resources on your board in order to play things from your hand and the things that you play from your hand that may cost more resources uh, that you're sacrificing on your board are going to be more powerful in most cases. So you're trying to outweigh of, can I, can I let go of something on my board to play something powerful from my hand? Or can I let go of something um, or do I keep what I've got on my board in order to kind of keep that maintained pressure? But you're trying to, deal direct damage to your opponent or clear the way by, by eliminating um, some of the, the other minions that your opponent plays in front of you. And there's all sorts of different types of keywords and mechanics that we won't go into in this episode because it's probably going to be a bit too in the weeds and all of that. But your goal is to beat your opponent by doing more damage to them than they do to you. And all of your cards have an attack stat and a health stat like most card games. So that's yeah, kind of the basics of, of each card has those elements to it. And in many ways, it's these are concepts, uh, at least the baseline things that that will not be dissimilar from any other sort of card game, turn based battling system, Hearthstone, Elder Scrolls Legends, anything like that, where like I play my cards, my cards hit in turn, they play their cards, their cards hit, etc. Um, but uh, what I find interesting uh, more than anything that that differentiates it uh based on what Gibby said, especially is the resource management and understanding that like your resources are not infinite, which is are ways that I have lost games before. If you are um, not being thoughtful about your resources, you can just run out of things to do, which means yep. you have to be a combination of conservative and aggressive. 
Um, but Mark, could you walk us through like what does a, a a basic turn look like uh, for for this game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a basic turn looks like you get the choice of drawing a card. Um, and you can choose to draw off the squirrel deck, which will give you a zero power, one health creature that you can play for free, or to draw off of your deck, which is a collection of cards that you've developed throughout the game. You will get a small stack of starting cards, and as you play the game, you will add more cards to that deck. Now, the cards in your deck will have various properties and abilities, and some of them will be free, so you can just play them to the board, but most of them will cost either one, two, or three blood points. And in order to play a card for its blood, play play a card, you have to sacrifice a card equal to its blood points. So if I wanted to play a wolf, which has three attack and two health on the board, um, I would have to sacrifice two cards because it has two blood points on it. So you have to get those squirrels from your squirrel deck onto the board so that you can sacrifice them to play cards that are more powerful from your deck. But when you're drawing cards from your squirrel deck, you are not drawing cards from your deck that has the cards that you want to play. And at the same time, your opponent isn't following any of those rules and is basically just following almost like a puzzle or a script of dumping cards onto the board that are coming at you. So each time you come back to it, you theoretically could learn a little bit about how that opponent plays and be able to play against it a little bit better And then there are specific villains that will do really unique things and have multiple rounds of combat where you have to defeat them more than once. And in between those rounds, they'll do things to your board or activate their own powers or try to manipulate your cards in your hand or your cards on the board, which you going up against them the first time, you're almost doomed to lose because you don't actually know what they're going to do. You have no idea. (laughs) And so that's a really unique aspect. But the basics of a round is... I'm going to draw a card off of my squirrel deck or my deck. I am going to play cards from my hand, either free ones or sacrifice cards for other cards in my hand's blood cost. Then I'm going to hit the bell, pass the turn, and all of my cards are going to attack the things in front of me. What's really unique is you know what your opponent is doing this round, but you also know what they're about to do because it shows you what is coming on the board next. And sometimes you just literally can't do anything about that. Um, And then those things do damage to one another and you can deal damage to multiple rows. You can deal damage to the active opponent's monster and the one that's going to be coming up into the slot for combat next. And I have found it to be a very intriguing gameplay, but one of the cooler parts about the game, and I'll pitch this back to you, DVN, to go through it, is that it isn't just the card game. It's what's happening outside the card game as you're going to various locations and collecting and augmenting your deck and eventually things outside your deck, um, which I won't get into here, but it is a roguelike and a deck builder very similar to Slay the Spire. However, Mm -hmm. Slay the Spire actually throws you in a deeper side of the pool than this game does at first. This game more slowly introduces more complex cards, ideas, and powerful things than Slay the Spire does. But DBN, let me pitch it to you. Tell us a little bit about what a roguelike and a deck builder is because a deck builder is very different than what we talked about say last month with marvel snap the basis of how you build your deck and things are, are very unique absolutely so just to uh put some definitions on these things a roguelike uh is a style of like overarching gameplay it has nothing to do with the mechanics involved but in the idea of a gameplay loop um it spawned out of this game that originated this 
concept called rogue where you would dive into dungeons trying to loot them and you're trying to push it as far as you can before eventually uh either dying and having to completely start over or bailing and collecting the money and upgrading for the next time you go into that dungeon so a roguelike follows that basic uh, script where in this game, of course, you're playing through, you're advancing as far as you can, you're building resources, but at the same time, you're losing uh, potentially health. In this case, you have uh, candles burning, and if you lose an encounter, the candles will go out. Um, and if your candles go out all the way, then you are, you know, dead, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, but then the deck builder component is separate from that. Uh, the idea deck building games and there there are some phenomenal deck building games out there that you can play like in person like you know actual card games like Dominion uh, is like a really big one or uh, there's a Marvel um, what, what is it called um, what is that Marvel legendary. legendary it's called Marvel legendary. legendary yeah I think it's Marvel maybe it's DC now that I'm thinking about it no it's it's Marvel legendary that's a okay real, that's a real thing and and the idea here is that you're playing across multiple rounds of this game and the uh, ability that to build your deck to augment yourself for the next round, um, it kind of builds and builds and builds, and along with the difficulty, right? Uh, and that's what the deck building component of Inscription is like. And so you'll be given a map that you're operating off of, and you can choose as you go to either um, branch into different paths. If you played Slay the Spire, you're very familiar with this concept. And so you'll go down these branching paths that will give you options of whether you want to go and talk to a uh, a vendor that can potentially, uh, if you've collected certain things, give them these things in exchange for a new card or an upgrade to a card. You can go to uh, a location that would allow you to sacrifice one of the cards in your deck, removing it from your deck in order to give its keywords to a different card from your uh, from your deck, allowing you to sort of manage the inevitable challenge, of course, of deck builders, which is if you just add cards to your deck, you're diluting your deck and making it harder to get mm -hmm. the best cards in it. And of course, there's plenty of other situations, um, little mini games and, um, you know, story elements where you run across characters and whatnot. And, and to Gibby's point, you know, most of these, I think this is a, a, a this is a little bit of a spoiler, but only for the theme. Uh, instead of running into a cool character where there's artwork for the character, instead, the uh, mysterious figure will put a mask on uh and do a different like uh you know uh the the persona. lighting will change yeah. and persona Which is almost kind of like a dungeon master storytelling mm -hmm. thing right that's like yeah. you're not really running into this person they're telling the story of exactly. your demise you know and i hadn't made the dungeon master connection until gibby said it but like it is kind of like that you know they're this mysterious figure that's evil but then they put on the the mask of a nice person that's trying to help you uh which is really weird uh but uh but over time you'll add cards to your deck you'll continue playing you might sacrifice a card from your deck in order to augment something else uh all uh, along the way uh until you eventually uh lose uh enough games or lose against a boss and then whoop you're right back with that starting deck but now you have more information you you know what these uh villains are out there you know more about the cards you've learned new mechanics you've picked up new keywords and uh it's possible as you go through the game to pick up items that can affect your you can carry items with you 
and those can give you some really unique uh, abilities in the card game itself, not just for the deck building, but they can be one-time use abilities and stuff. It's very, I'm trying again, not to spoil things, but what's nice is that it builds on itself in a very natural way. You you play Mm -hmm. a couple rounds with one mechanic and then it will introduce a new mechanic to you. Um, And I think that that is, it seems to me very well paced uh, and I think you guys will, will get a big kick out of uh, exploring not just the card game, but also like the overarching uh, story that you are walking through over and over and taking different paths and trying different strategies. So it's very, very cool in that way. Um, do we want to talk about uh, what it looks like to try Inscription? Oh, for like where you can get it and... yeah. In case anybody us. wants to sure. play along with us, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just quickly uh, jumped on their website, take a look. So you can pick this up on PS4 and 5. You can also pick this up on the Nintendo Switch. So, which I don't, I'm going to take a quick look and see if I can, oh, I have to verify my age for the, <laughs> okay. I don't know how much it costs on the Switch right it's, now or PS4 or 5. I got it on the Switch uh, for $20. It is okay. $20 on PS4 as well, and it is also $20 on Steam. However, yeah. there's also, and I'm not exactly quite sure what this bundle is that you can do it on Steam. There is a soundtrack version on on Steam as well with Inscription, and, and it's uh, a little bit, if you do the bundle together, you can buy them all, all, both those pieces separately, but I think it's in a bundle as well for $3 extra. And I don't exactly know what the soundtrack is. Maybe it's just a, mo- a modified music that goes along with the game to make it a little bit more spooky or whatever, but uh, I thought the music seems was to be good as is. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm I not think exactly it probably sure. is literally just an MP3 of the music that's in the game and that you can pick up. They do that with huh. some on Steam. In addition to that, uh, you can pick up Inscription for $20 on the Epic Game Store. If you don't like Steam, uh, if you are a Humble Bundle user, uh, you can also pick it up for $12 right now at 40% off as of today on Humble Bundle. And it is $14 at 30% off on goodoldgames.com which is unique that it's there. If you literally go to their website, inscription.com, it comes up with this like old school 8-bit computer screen and it actually has what doesn't appear to be buttons, but they are buttons that you can click to go to any of those places and and check it out from there. And definitely worth the time if you want to adventure with us because next episode, we are going to begin revealing stuff about Act 1 and we're going to be revealing some of the secrets and stuff that we've unlocked and we're going to have a much more open conversation about it. So you have a week. Go pick up the game, mm-hmm. play through some portions of it, and and enjoy enjoy it with us because I think this is truly an adventure. It's worth the fifteen bucks or twenty bucks or wherever you can pick it up. Uh, it's worth that to jump in and play through it. Uh, it's really fun. I had somebody come into my stream said, you know, it took them twenty hours to play through. Somebody said it took sixty hours to play through. Mm-hmm. Really depends on how you pick it up, but. I think it would be fun to come in each episode and like, oh yeah, I did figure that out. Or the, oh, they're further than me, so I learned something. Um, or oh, they're not not nearly as far as me. They need to figure out that thing, and I can't wait to see what happens when they figure it out. Uh, some people who watch in my stream who played through it, they were getting a kick out of that, like watching me learn uh, yeah. as we played. Yeah. So definitely now, a fun thing to do. Now, when we talk about like getting the game, playing along, um, Gibby, you can start. Who would you recommend this game to? Because obviously, you know, we don't want to make a a blanketed recommendation for something when this is something that maybe not everybody would like. Um, Who would you recommend this game for? I would recommend just off of first impressions, (laughs) Off of first impressions. I would recommend this game to anybody who has a 
I don't know, a solid basis or likes the card game vibe. I think the, the gameplay itself, I know we haven't talked a whole lot about it this episode, but the gameplay itself is rather deep in the card game aspect of it with the amount of uh, deck variety. So if you like deck builders and you also like card games, this is a game for you. If you like the the story kind of surge and you want something that's pretty pretty deep in the lore, if you like a lot of lore and you want to understand the motivations behind the characters and all of that, I think this is also a good game um, for you to dive into because it's it finds, like we said, it strikes that really nice balance of the gameplay interacts so well with the lore and the story but the story is so important to uh being able to play the game better with the card games and i'm saying that from a perspective of there's playing in the game that i haven't even gotten to yet so it may be even deeper and almost sure assuredly it's going to be deeper than i than i know it is currently um if you're a resilient game player that doesn't mind trial and error yeah and i'll say dying a couple times and going back and saying oh i learned something new that time or this may not work but I'm okay trying this and let's see, let's see how it, how it fares. Oh, it didn't work. All right, let's try something new or let's maybe I can, maybe I'll try it again, but I'll try it slightly different in this manner. You can go through, if you don't mind starting a game over and getting multiple runs on it, then I think this is a really good game for you. Yeah. Mark, yeah, Mark what, what would that. you say? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, I think you are a player who has to enjoy a gameplay loop. Yeah. Um, I think you are also a player who probably has to at least have a part of your brain that enjoys puzzles. Um, yeah, if you are the type of person. Very, yeah, if you're the puzzly. type of person who's like the only thing I'm really interested in is Apex. Like I love Apex and I just want to get in and get into the action. There are card games that feel like that, right? Mm-hmm. This is not that game. This is a game that's going to say, get up from the table and go look around. Go, go ask a few questions. Yeah. Go poke about, go click on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it, it definitely, now, I've played games where that was so strong of a theme that I was just, I was just done, right? Like, I tried to play the game Tunic, and that game is very similar to that. I think that Dark Souls has some of that sort of, like, beat your face against a wall and also try to solve all of the puzzles to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah, and that's not really me. Legend of Zelda can have a little bit of that, too. But I think mm-hmm. that, I think this lions more on the side of Legend of Zelda in terms of like the lightness of it. It's very different. They're no, they're not even remotely the same games. I'm just saying that the same part of your brain that kind of gets tickled and, and activated in the solving of the dungeon in you know Breath of the Wild or a, mm-hmm. you know a Link Between Worlds. This has a little bit of that part of your brain that gets activated as well. Mm-hmm. In addition to the card game, if you like deck builders. This is definitely a good game. Uh, if, if you've never played a deck builder before, maybe check out Slay the Spire before this game because I feel like Slay the Spire is a little bit easier to jump into and understand than what this game is. And this game can feel a little bit more defeating because they really get you to a point where you run into a brick wall and you're like, I could never beat that. I'm done with this game. And then it's like, oh, but I had to discover this thing. And now I get it. And other deck builders don't have that quite as heavily handed as this game does. So just know that I ran into a couple of walls and was just like, well, this is stupid. Only mm-hmm. to be like, oh, okay. Which really activates that uh, escape room brand yeah. and escape mm-hmm. room mentality where you feel like this is impossible. And then okay, something clicks into place and now I get it. So 
yeah, I'll, I'll leave with all of that. I think it's for somebody who really likes using that part of their brain. If you don't, mm-hmm. you won't enjoy this card game. Might I make one more recommendation of maybe a type of player or a theme of player that this would, this would intrigue. If either you play a lot of fast paced, high octane, bright games, and you're looking for something that's a little bit off speed, mm-hmm. that's going to kind of slow the vibe down and maybe something that you can do while you're relaxing and winding down or something that's not so overstimulating. I think this is a very good game for that. Or if you just overall enjoy games that you can take your time and you can think through yeah. that doesn't put you on a clock. This is a really good game for that because the gameplay, the card game aspect of it, because this is an element in some card games, there is no timer. There's no turn time. Yeah. So you can really sit down. You can relax. You can think through your progressions. You can get up, walk away, go do something around your house. You can keep the game on or just turn your TV screen off, whatever it is. And, kind of keep your progress going it's a very low stress environment game yeah if i might throw this not to end it on a a negative note or anything but just as a little warning to those who um may not like elements of this game and if this is something that would be off-putting to you to um you know maybe pass on it uh you do play this game and you kill a lot of creatures like if that's a, a a concerning or or potentially triggering like concept of like literally it's not like gruesome but blood sacrificing squirrels all the time um if if that is a a uh too creepy or too um you know just off-putting again i think it's it's abstracted right um it's not graphic or anything like that but it is like like from a thematic component like it is a Mm -hmm. uh macabre uh you know a game where yeah you're 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 sacrificing little critters to summon other critters um and it's not as uh you know Yu-Gi-Oh would sacrifice something and it always just felt sort of arbitrary no that you're they make you know you know that you are sacrificing a creature uh for your own uh selfish gain and it's kind of a core conceit of the game from a thematic and storytelling perspective but if that's something that you find off-putting you know maybe just uh just be aware of that i just want to say that as a little disclaimer <laughs> no i think it's a good i think it's a good disclaimer to make it's important to know kind of what themes you're getting into when you see that little creature mm-hmm. shaking and that you click on and it's gonna go poof yep. yes <laughs> yeah absolutely Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is our first look at the game Inscription. We're going to be talking about this throughout the month of February as we explore an adventure through this rather macabre Dungeons and Dragons sacrificial death romp. Um, yes. And uh, we're going to be making our way through the storyline. Yeah, sacrificial death <laughs> romp. Um, we're going to be making our way through the storyline. We hope that you'll come along with us and enjoy it. And we hope that you'll, you know, if you feel like it would be a good game for you, pick up a copy of the game and Come enjoy it because I really do think it's an experience that if you would enjoy this type of game that you will thoroughly enjoy uh, like playing it along with us over the course of the next couple of weeks. Thank you for tuning into this episode, guys. We'll be coming out with one next week as well. So thank you for tuning into Legends Cast and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network. 